I have a feeling, Ken, that there's going to be a lot more options fairly soon. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So I love that you're looking because I think what you're going to do is you're going to stumble across a lot of options here uh, very shortly. Uh, I completely agree with you. <laughs> there's going to be a lot coming out. Yeah, I mean, a lot to just get us through this. But I think what's going to happen is people start to learn that for some, that's actually the preference. Yep. Yeah. Well, I like think I can already see things that can happen with uh, like the witches conference. Yep. I can already see that being like an ongoing evolving thing that isn't, you know, when it's no longer required to stay in one spot. Um, it's not limited to, to one presentation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think that's um, just coming anyway <laughs> like, yeah i think this is a really good um this has been a good push for people to realize um those type of things especially with the technology that we have yeah there's actually some adaptability to the crisis that that may perpetuate into the future yeah 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 and i think it can you know it uh i think it's i'm hoping it's allowing people to realize or just even think about what they want their quality of life to be and that they can have certain things they thought they couldn't have. We just needed to be forced to innovate them. Yeah. And I think innovation requires embracing voices we haven't listened to. Yeah. Yes. Because innovation only comes from thinking outside the box, from not being able to fit in the box to begin with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That'd be an interesting topic. But then it destroys the box. <laughs> right. Yes. Right? Yeah. That, that's a lot of what I think our opportunity is right now in this crisis, is we actually have the opportunity to destroy the box if we choose to. Hmm. So maybe that is our topic. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I edit this little part out and we just get into it. We've already kind of started it, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay, let's go. All right, so uh, shall I drum and we'll just say that that it we just set our intention? Yes. Are you sure? Let's do that. <laughs> um, I think there's, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think drumming is good. Uh, I think that you, I think that depending on how you feel about it when you're listening back to it, you might even just leave the whole thing because it's part of a process that we're going through as well. Um, I think so. I, th I actually kind of like not starting with the drum, but starting with intention. That's actually how I do shamanic journeying. I start by crafting an intention and only then do I pick up my drum. Yeah. So my drum actually processes the intention and then I might do a card reading to try to discern, uh, you know, clearer information about what energy was just generated from the journey. Yep. 
So I think that's a that's a nice synchronicity with how we started today. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, I uh, as I was unpacking some more of my stuff here, um, I found my um, Celtic tarot deck. And I, I thought, well, I'm just going to pull some cards for it because I'm actually recording every show today. <laughs> um, and so I pulled like three cards for Web of Resonance. And I didn't really know because it kind of looks like the rays of Awen, like the three rays coming down. So um, I didn't really know which ray was which podcast, which was interesting. Okay. <clears throat> but um, the one that I landed on that I thought was Web of Resonance, um, it, 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 it really kind of fits into um, what we just talked about. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, tell us about that card. So I pulled three of them. Clarify our intention. Okay. Tell yeah. Us about so, so I pulled four. I pulled um, the three of swords. And um, the so I, I wrote down the card and then the, a word or a few to go with it. And uh, I, so I endurance. Uh, the Four of Wands, it was celebrating joy of labors, which I thought was an interesting kind of concept to go along with endurance. But uh, And then I uh, drew the Father, which I think traditionally in tarot is the Emperor. Okay. So, um, and I really loved the concept of it's the wisdom of the soul's journey, um, which is then um, like expressed um, in beauty or expressed through like beauty, which was an interesting kind of, uh, <clears throat> concept, especially because I've been going through a little bit of a growth cycle. Um, so then uh, I, one more card I pulled and it was, um, <clears throat> rebirth, which is the 20. Uh, I don't know what that is traditionally in other tarot. Well, uh, actually, what I was thinking was, uh, if you'll tell me those cards again, I'm going to pull them from um, one of my decks and just kind of look at them and see if I can absorb that. Um, I trust that if you pre-pulled that, that's the direction that what we're doing wants us to go. I thought it was really fascinating. So, um, okay. So I have the three of swords. Okay. Uh, the four of wands. Okay. Um, the emperor. What number is that? Uh, uh, it is number four. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, and rebirth num number 20 was the last one? Yes. Okay. Well, just looking at my cards here, um, to me... Uh, this is the story of the crisis. Um, it's also the story of uh, the phase of the wheel of once you've died, how to come into rebirth. So for me, the three of swords, I have them uh, against each other in the visual on my card. And the title of the card is Discord. Um, and because it's swords, I would see that as like a discord or, or disagreement, contrariness of ideas, um, archetypes, myths, way of expressing oneself, stories. Um, the next card, the Four of Wands, uh, is fire. 
And so that to me is about churning things up and breaking them down, um, uh, digesting nourishment, but also casting off uh, gases that um, are unwanted. And the name of that card in my deck is development. Um, The four that you have as father, I have as Lord. Now keep in mind, this is a Celtic shamanic deck. Uh, so it's going to draw from that mythos. What I like about the mythos of this card, contrary to other cards I've seen, is to me this is more like Father Nature. So he's very embodied. Um, he's not this authority figure shining down from the sky telling me how I have to be. Uh, he's actually part of this life, this um, embodied place. Um And to me, I think part of what's happening is we do need to reimagine the myth of father. Yeah. The archetype of father. Yes, I agree Um, with that. And the last card for me is also rebirth. And so to me, it's kind of like if I follow this, it's like this is the process leading to rebirth, at least about this storyline. Yeah. Meaning like the patriarchy, the father stuff. Uh, But I think there's a lot in that that applies in other places. I think it's also, you know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, responsibility um, and authority. And I think um, I think when you start to process these myths or archetypes about father, you start to kind of deal with those two things. in relationship, but also within oneself. Yeah. Mm. So that was a hell of a spread you pulled, Ken. It was, it was interesting for sure. So uh, does that help clarify our intention? Um. Well, to me, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing it's like reflecting back to me a process. Um, so, um, so I'm not sure what to do with that. It doesn't feel like it's a question leading me into a reason I would throw my cards. It's yeah. more like we already threw our cards and this is, this is the information it's giving us. Yeah. Um, what I usually do on that side of a reading is then I go, okay, how does this information apply to me? What, how does it change my actions in the world? How does it inform the decisions I make? Yes. So I feel a bit, um, the last few days, I feel, a okay, maybe longer than a few days. <clears throat> I feel a bit like, um uh kind of like i'm speaking to to someone uh pe- like uh, i got dropped in the middle of a country and i don't know the language so i'm having a hard yes. time uh like uh verbalizing or or even yeah communicating maybe it's a little broader <laughs> uh some of the things that i'm kind of experiencing um, but it, so, uh, you drop me. into the land of the heart. I mean, what you're, t- to me, that's part of, of what I've been seeing kind of happening 
with myself and kind of collectively is there's an opportunity to drop into the heart in a new way. And we have to realize that there is a different language there and we have to develop it. Yeah. Uh, Does that sound right to you? Yes. Yes. And I'm being, uh, uh, oh, that's interesting. So does that have anything to do with innovation? Because we're, are we innovating the language or are we remembering? Both. Both. Yeah. I think both. You know, I've watched a a couple of movies on travelers. And so I got curious about them and, you know, just did a little Google search. And uh, one of the things I encountered is they have their own language called Cant, which is kind of this hybrid of English and Old Irish. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. I'm super interested. Well, I just think it's interesting how, um, I don't know, there's something about that that really intrigues me about uh, maintaining a connection so deeply with the past of where they came from. So uh, the travelers that I've been curious about, of course, are the Irish travelers. And so, you know, what do they bring from their roots of a very different land and how do they innovate it and create it to something new that also adapts to the place where they live? And it's also curious to me how they would be considered outsiders to their native land, but they're also a bit, well, they're on the fringe or they're outsiders, they're marginalized in the country they live. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember watching quite a few shows um, about them. And they're also, um, I find that they, that the shows that I've watched about them, they're also, um, what, uh, what would be the word? Uh, they are um, uh, looked up, looked look down upon Um, and like made fun of and and their traditions and things that they do are funny to people and they make fun of them and and um i I, uh for some reason that was a really interesting uh thing for me to experience um watching that and then now kind of thinking about and listening to you talk about them in, in a little bit of a different way. Um, Cause they are outside the box. Yeah. They live in the tween place. And to me, part of the reason why they live in the tween place is because they have kept a lot of their connections to the past and which makes them not completely fit into where they are. Um, they are the outliers in a lot of ways. Those are the voices that we need to start hearing from uh, because I think part of what they bring to us is they bring the revelation of the illusion. If you're living outside of a system, you see the system in a perspective that those who are living within it can't see. Yes. So, um, when I, uh, in the past have talked about, um, not just here, but, you know, in general, uh, 
the concept that, you know, we have this knowledge and we have these things that are knowledge, but to really make them into, into wisdom and to bring them, uh, you know, we have to um, darken them or embody yeah. them. Uh, we have to feel them. We have to yeah. let ourselves feel, not just know them, not just research and think about it and try to understand it, but we have to feel them. Yes. Yeah. And then how now, brown cow, I don't know why, how, <laughs> um, how, what is the process then for taking um, the, that, what we would consider ancient wisdom? Um, maybe I need a different word for ancient. Um, timeless, maybe, is a, maybe a more, a more better. Oh God, is probably a better word uh, for me because part of like um, with my other podcast, with my Rune Walker one, it's about taking this, the, the wisdom and the knowledge of the runes and bringing it into uh, modern times and using it. So um, where or what are those fit tools um, to be able to, um, you know, start, start doing that and you know i think we're given this time now um of being at home a lot uh or the opportunity to be opportunity to be at home a lot um maybe that maybe that's where i'm leaning for um pulling information for today is um pulling more information uh is how do we begin to really do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, hang on, let me, I can feel it and I'm struggling for the words a little bit. Um, except that the metaphor that's coming to me is about the, pra the bardic practice is that, you know, it was a sacred practice to learn the stories of the past mm -hmm. and to add artistry to them in order to remember them. Uh, but as you grew in your development to be able to do that, eventually the, your artistry demanded innovation. So it wasn't just enough to learn the song that somebody else wrote. It's, it was about integrating the story in a way that you add your own personal experience. And so that when you sing the song, you've added your own artistry to it. And that changes the story. Yeah. To me, that's part of how, you know, when I go back and, and start reading some of the Irish myths, some of it seems very historical, like it's about who won what battle and what people were um, now uh, inhabiting the land and that kind of stuff. But there's also these mythical creatures, you know, the Dagda and the Danu, the Morrigan uh, Brigade, um, you know, they're, they are now gods and goddesses of the Celtic pantheon. Yeah. Those might have been real people that by the time the story got far enough away from their actual life, it turned into myth. Yes. And so if you look at the myth now, it's such a metaphor that you can see it in so many different ways. You can come at it from so many different perspectives that you can innovate new truths from it, even though you're so far removed from the past reality i do think that happens um 
a lot and I experienced that within the Norse uh, myth myths as well um, and there's a lot of um, there are a lot of uh, people who bring things in and, and um, put the uh, and innovate it maybe uh, or, or, or em embrace it um, and find different clarities from that I think there's a lot of potential in creating uh, more innovation that way, but it also can create more confusion. You know, yeah. at what point do you innovate it so much that, um, you know, a purist would say it's no longer this. Right. That's a very fine balance. Um, especially I think, hmm, well, I, I was a, uh, a, I'm going to say approached, but it was uh, someone commented on one of my Facebook posts once um, that I trivialize and disrespectfully interact and with the runes. And um, there were, it was a really interesting conversation <laughs> that ensued uh, because I, I, I just responded after, you know, of course, typing out three or four and then deleting them. Um, I responded that, you know, we all have our own different walk and, and way we interact with them. And it takes all of those different perspectives and uh, to bring about an idea or bring about different personality traits of those different things that we're talking about, the runes specifically in that moment. Um and so, you know, like I have my walk and you have yours. And um, that person later commented or sent me a private message saying, I'm, thank you for responding the way you did. I was, I was really unsure of how uh, my comment was going to be received. So, um, it, you know, that person appreciated that I didn't attack. Um, I didn't post the attack, but <laughs> my initial was this is, it may have taken you a few versions to get there. Uh, yeah. Oh, it did. Um, I, to me, that's exactly what your cards today are talking about. When you're talking about what's the practical reality, part of what you did is you you faced those places in you that would have responded in ways that you went, that's not how I really want to be. But you had to let their voice be heard so that eventually you get to the place where you can respond the way you want to be while still honoring those other parts of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in what we do, there is plenty of opportunity for people. Um, well, let me go back. I love uh, how, um, our guest last week, Jennifer, put it, she said, um, you know, people can't argue with your feelings or your opinion. They can argue with your, uh, um, like your ideas, thoughts. Yeah, yeah yes. But like the feelings yeah. you can't do that with. And um, I really like the way she put that. Um, and I think that now I see or I hear, read a lot of times where people, they want the, 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 the construct or they want the structure, 
of a well, no, yeah, well-documented um, myth or uh, cosmology, whatever they want that. And there just uh, isn't a lot of that. So it's a, it's a really fine balance, I think, to, <laughs> to have that information but then also be able to um, kind of feel into it and experience it and journey with the, with those stories to be able to maybe take or receive, not take, but receive clarification that you might need at that moment. And that could change over, over your lifetime. Yeah. I like to think of, um, of connections to tools like that, like I think of connections to other people or relationships. Um, it, you know, if you and I have a mutual friend, that doesn't mean you and I have the same relationship with that friend. I have my relationship with them. You have your relationship with them. There may be things in common, but there are bound to be things that are different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there, there has, has to, to be. be. Yeah, because we're not yeah. identical. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, if you're engaged in your heart, there's going to be difference because your heart is going to feel different things in relationship than somebody else does. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. That feels pretty complete to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. It is interesting. We usually talk for much longer, but uh, my cards are quieting. That's weird. It is. Uh, does it feel like it quieted to you too? It felt like it came to a conclusion. Yeah. Yes, it, it felt like, yeah, it did. It felt like everything kind of, like I was sitting here with, I just felt like space. Well, maybe that's the energy of the rebirth card. Maybe that's the point of innovation is that you create in a way that you have to dream into the space. Yeah, I think there's one note that I made for the rebirth card. So I it's transformation, ending of the old, but then it, it talked about like uh, acknowledging that you're going to have fears of the new. Um, right now, I am super afraid I'll never be able to speak again. Um, uh, speak how I did before. <laughs> you won't no. you won't <clears throat> but that doesn't have to be a bad thing you won't um but maybe that's part of you innovating the language yeah. is that you're embodying it in a way that you have to innovate how you communicate to me that is part of the heart too i think the heart does have a language not only for ourselves and when we go into that internal journey and how to learn what our emotions are saying to us but when 
I communicate more deeply or truthfully from my heart, my language about how I communicate to others has to change too. And part of it is I'm so aware that my heart communicates through nonverbal language um, to a much larger degree than the verbal. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm, I feel like I'm sitting. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, how do you, uh, I don't know, part of me funnily is thinking, well, how do we have a podcast if I'm... (laughs) Um, communicating. I'm just going to sit here and like hum or ohm or something, and then you'll just get the message. <laughs> well, you know, I do think, you know, there are definitely people who engage in that's the practice that they do. In fact, I think a lot of gurus do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can stay in that place if you want. Maybe that is the way that you offer your communication to the world. Um, for me, that's not a place that I'm, it's, it's a stage of development. It's a stage of a new growth of something new I want to do or an innovation I'm making often just in myself and then how I communicate to the world. Um, so it's not a stage I like to stay in, No, but that's cause it's, that's, I, I, I just don't think that that's my thing to do in the world. That's not my contribution. No, no. And it it is just um, the process that we keep going through. Yeah. Over and over. For me, it is. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely like just thinking back, um, thinking back a couple of years ago when we first started Blue Antler and all of the things that have the stages of, I I guess I just kind of sometimes forget about the process uh, until I'm kind of in the, the, the uncomfortable part of it again. Um, yeah. Cause it, just thinking back to even then there have been so many cycles of this process happen um, that it's, it's, I think back now and I'm like, Oh yes. Okay. You know, I did, I've gone through this several times. Yes. Everything comes back around and um, yeah, it just will keep doing that. Well, I think that right there is exactly, you know, when we've been talking about shadow work and how do you actually engage in it or why do you engage in it? Cause it can be motherfucking painful. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that right there is exactly why you engage in it. Or how you engage in it. You yeah. get to a place where where you limit the distractions enough that you can start to see what are the patterns that persist in my life and what do they tell me about um, the choices I'm making, who I'm becoming, um, and how I view the world. Yeah. And some of those patterns, shadow work to me is some of those patterns are realizing those aren't patterns I created. Those were stories I told that um, I integrated without maybe making the conscious choice or maybe making a choice that I could make at the developmental stage I was when I heard the story. Yeah. I mean, just even think to Santa Claus, we all believed that story until (laughs) one day somewhere that story got kind of shattered. 
Yeah. I think that's part of innovation is the old stories that you think are true sometimes have to shatter. Hmm. I really like that. I really like uh, the term innovation for, um, you know, we began talking about it as far as technology goes, but I, I really think that's a really fascinating um there's a fascinating approach to this process that comes by calling, by using the word innovation with it. It's really um, interesting. Well, I think it's, uh, to me, innovation is the individual level of collective evolution. Oh, I love that you just said that. Yeah. It's what we have to do as individuals in order to create that collective evolution. Not that I can't go back and um, <laughs> re-listen and write it down, but I'm writing it down. Oh. Because <laughs> uh, I, I need to see this. Okay. Hmm. Oh. We might have to trademark that. <laughs> yeah, you like that one, did you? I did, yeah. <laughs> Individual innovation for collective evolution. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, to me, that's systemic awareness. That's realizing that there is a collective energy that's at work, and each individual is part of creating that collective energy. We also can get to the point where we become so unaware of that, that the collective energy starts to rule the individual and minimizes, er, minimizes, er, sorry, minimizes innovation. When you have to conform, it's hard to innovate. When conformity means being accepted, you then don't feel good in innovating. No, I am going to have to. I want to, <laughs> when I say going to have to journey with that a little bit this week, I really, uh, that can, that can take you places. Uh, yeah. And I also, I think it's interesting that you and I are both Aries <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't usually go into the uh, astrological end of things because I don't consider myself well-versed there. Yeah. Um, but what I do know about Aries is that uh, we're, we're like the fool of the astrological wheel. So if I were going to take like the astrological wheel and overlay it to the wheel of the major arcana. Yeah. Um, we're the fool. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. So we take risks. We're somewhat naive. Um we're setting off on a journey. There's, there's, there's something about our makeup that, uh, at least for me, lo both longs to rebel and longs to innovate. Yes. I, I sometimes that means I crash and burn. <laughs> well, um, right. Uh, um, yeah. I'm thinking right now that it's really interesting because, you know, I'm not super well versed in any of this either, but, um, our guest next month might be able to shed some light on this, but um, what I'm thinking of is the fact that 
I'm an Aries sun sign. Um, my rising sign is Sagittarius, so that's in the middle, and it's also fire. But my moon sign is um, Pisces, which is deep water. So I'm like, yeah, that I like understanding how the, I function or or if I function um, with having those two be such polar um, opposites or even how to function better within that would be um, interesting. Well, here, here's the funny thing. That's when when I start talking about this, I go, yeah, but that's just a story, too. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is there's really useful information I think you can glean from that story. But I'm also aware of that's the astrology of the West that I'm more familiar with. And there is a whole different astrology from the East that sees things sometimes radically different. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, when you start trying to get to know yourself by knowing the story, you have to realize um, there's a lot of different stories you can choose from. And as we, I think, see in current um, times, there's so many stories available that help support your individual story, whichever story you want that to be. Yeah. And what if we cultivate, what if we um, intentionally crafted those stories um, to facilitate whatever is arising in us, whatever it is we have to say? I think that's part of the artistry of divination and divination tools. Yeah. It's fun. I don't think I you know like you're saying no two rune readers are going to rune the read the runes exactly the same way. Right. Um I'm aware that um I have sat with other tarot readers and we read the same even the same cards very very different ways. Yeah. Because you have a different relationship. It's um, yeah. it's funny. So uh, I just keep, uh, you know, uh, I, for whatever reason, part of what I do is always looking back down the thread to see where, if, in this case, the story, where did that, like, how was that uh, reinforced? And my first thought was, even in, like, junior higher even sooner um we go to the encyclopedia okay i did um but now it's you know you go to the internet and find um resources or reference don't plagiarize but the ones that kind of support your view instead of just crafting as you put it um the story um we have a, a constant we have this kind of little bit of ingrained need to constantly support it with um books that are uh, because that's you know that of course shows that um it's true <laughs> whatever we're writing about it's true if it's in a book or if it's on facebook you know what i mean yeah yeah and i'm mixed about that because i don't think it's either just your individual story or the collective story i think um 
I think we have to admit that the collective influences our individual as our individual also influences the collective and be more mindful of that. It's not about trying to choose which one is true or better. It's about accepting that they're both happening, whether we're aware of it or not. And so if we can engage in it more, like I've been, I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, projection has often been seen as an unconscious thing that happens that uh, is um, dismissed. And so like um, if I'm stating something and somebody doesn't like what I'm seeing or the feedback or my experience of the world, they'll say, well, you're just projecting. Um, mm -hmm. And so what I have to say sometimes gets dismissed and to me, it's like, of course, I'm projecting. I'm only telling you my perspective. That doesn't mean it has to be your perspective. I'm just telling you the way that I experience something. Yeah. And if I can become more aware of those unconscious, which are often the more emotional ways that I communicate, um, I can, I, I don't know. I don't quite have the language for it yet, but there's something more integrated about how I communicate. There's something, uh, if projection is happening, there's a part of me that says, if projection is happening anyway, how do I communicate, how do I use it to communicate more intentionally um, my truth without imposing it? Yeah. A um, couple places that took me. <laughs> um uh, I felt when I had a recent conversation um, about grief and um, I felt, I just felt like I was stating my, uh, even just opinion. Um, but uh, I, the other person would later discussed felt like um, I was being aggressive. And I thought, well, no, I just for once was just, standing in a place of this is what I think and here you go um and I thought that was an interesting um translation or then their, their experience was interesting of how I came off by doing that um you know what I just heard in what you said I went right back to Jennifer making the distinction between somebody can argue with your thoughts, but they cannot argue with your emotion. When you said you were telling someone your opinion about grief, that to me feels like a thought. Yeah. And I wonder if you had mm -hmm. told them your experience or emotion around grief, if you would have had that same experience. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I, you and I have had this conversation a lot, I think, um, but I do frequently try, or I have in the past, tried to find the right words. Uh, oh God, I'm back in this space again. Um, I've tried to find the right words to convey what it is I'm trying to, that I'm experiencing, whether it be thought form or emotion or whatever. And um, I, I, try really hard to do that and it and it does come out over overly thunked <laughs> overly thought or conceptualized in words well it's where it's where you have the language for it yeah 
Yes. So we're back. Yeah. Yes. And I will say that, you know, I can remember when I was still training to be a therapist, I had a supervisor who said to me, um, she commented that something I had done in a session she observed, she experienced as quite intuitive. And I said, yeah, I don't really know why I said what I said when I said it. And she said, it would do you well to understand your intuition. And in a lot of ways, that was very helpful feedback because what I learned is I learned how to tap into the, the place where I'm most at home, which is more the emotional intuitive realm. And it challenged me to bring it into my intellect, to have language, to be able to express it to others. Um, to me, what I see as the rebirth is almost kind of a changing the channel of that of instead of me bringing those realities into my headspace to be able to communicate it, finding the language that communicates directly from the heart and maybe draws you into that place in me uh, because there is, um, there's a synchronicity that happens if I can draw you in in our conversation to my heart and share my heart with you, it draws you into your heart as well. Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I just felt and I and I do think that that's that's a whole new language like how do you communicate in a way that you're actually drawing someone into your experience as opposed to um, um, speaking it I don't know that's not quite right I don't quite have the language for it either <laughs> I'm seeing this process that I'm seeing, I'm looking back and seeing the process unfold of the shamanic storytelling thing. Um, and for like taking the class I took from you about storytelling and like everything that has kind of just happened a little bit. Um, and I'm kind of, I don't know. It was almost like seeing mileposts Um yeah. And uh yeah, I kind of thought <laughs> silly me. I kind of thought that uh oh this shamanic storytelling thing is gonna be great. It's gonna be we'll just throw it, it's gonna we're gonna put it together, it's gonna be blah blah blah. Here we go. And now I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> silly. What was silly about it? Uh the fact that I'm still so naive to the process <laughs> uh yeah in what way what do you mean well i think it's like it's not about it's not about kind of coming around and making the same mistake over and over it, it doesn't it's not doesn't feel like that it's more like coming around the, the wheel and here we go again and then i've kind of already forgotten what I learned the last time around and it's only been a year or less. Yeah. Um, and it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm back to here again. I'm like, Oh shit. I, 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 I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. Until I get past it. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that again. Yes. Uh, well that, that to me is part of the beauty of when you start recognizing patterns is that, you know, that's that place of doing enough of the shadow work that you can recognize the pattern. And also, um, 
being aware of if it's coming around again, I actually have the opportunity to make a different choice and that's what creates innovation. Yeah. To me, that is a much more, that's much more that personal, how do I process information? How do I see the cycles and patterns that I go through? Where are the ones that are ones that I actually want to keep? Where are the patterns that I actually, this is a habit that I learned being in relationship with somebody that either I'm no longer in relationship with, or I didn't like the dynamics of our relationship. And so I chose to do something else. And yet the pattern still persists because it's unconscious. And to me, like that thought, if, you know, the shamanic storytelling is coming around again, sometimes to me, I see, oh, that's an opportunity. Something about that is offering me the opportunity to uh, look at the choice I made last time and make a different choice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like it didn't work out last time because we thought, oh, we'll just throw it together. It'll be easy. Was that a wrong choice? Was that a wrong belief? <laughs> well, what what I was thinking about more specifically as I sat, I was watching I, myself go over the story I had written out uh, on my two hour drive to Portland before I tried to perform it the, that night, um, and uh, how that didn't. So that didn't. Okay, uh, what I did did not produce the result that I was wanting. So I have a choice now to make a different choice. Oh, I see. So you're talking about you crafted the story more from the intellect in it and it didn't have the heart that you wanted it to have. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting to see things more clearly. Yeah, because it didn't speak from the language of the heart. It spoke from the language of the intellect in writing it out. Yeah. Okay. So you're not talking about a particular show. You're talking about the process that you encountered doing storytelling. Yes. Um, also, though, okay. with the goal of of doing shamanic storytelling that you and I had right. talked about, like, um, I'm also not super great at being patient, but like, uh, I can see where I wanted that, and I I still want that, and how the process is going to be a little bit longer than I thought. Right, because to do more shamanic storytelling means telling from the heart or telling from multiple truths simultaneously. And so you have to integrate your own experience of something to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We always get what we ask for. <laughs> we do. And hearts, heart stories are what, I mean, that goes back to what Jennifer said, uh, you know, Heart stories are where we connect with people. Um, yeah, it's it's how you draw someone into your experience or truth, I think. Yeah. Apparently, we weren't done. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the piece that you were kind of asking for that we always kind of stumble on as we get to the theoretical, and sometimes it's harder to, to find the practical. What do you actually do? Why are you actually doing shadow work? I can tell you what draws me into it um, and how I follow it. But uh, there's also, why would you go to that painful place? Yeah. But I think there's something about going to that painful place that also allows you to break free of 
the story that's actually inhibiting your innovation by going to the painful place, realizing that, and uh, then deciding to create more nuanced story. That's how innovation happens. That's what rebirth is. Yeah. Do you think it would be appropriate um, to drum now? Sure. You want to do that? You want to end with the drum instead of beginning? Yeah, let's do. So uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, hold on. Yep, good. Um, My drum is always good in Utah because it's so dry. Um, Yes. And and warm. warm. Well, well, my room's warm right yeah. now. So, um, so we're going to finish off with some drumming, but thank you for joining us today. And, um, uh, if I'm not correct, next week is our Facebook live that event. Is so be so on Sunday, seven thirty Pacific. Yes. Standard. Be on the lookout for that. Join us for that. We'll be doing. Uh, rune and tarot card polls for you all um that was really fun last time so i'm looking forward to that um yeah me too and any final words oh wise woman uh uh just have a good week everybody have a good week and enjoy uh enjoy the drum